Are we going? Is this it? Am I recording? Yes, I am. Am I excited? Yes, I am. Am I ready? No. <laughs> um, uh, hi, welcome. This is, this is something I'm trying out. This is a podcast. I'm your host. <laughs> I don't know how to introduce myself. You know who I am. I'm the guy. That's me. Um, okay. I wanted to do this for a really long time. I've always wanted to do a podcast. I've always wanted to just sit down and say something and let my thoughts out. But um, I was always hesitant to do it because I always found myself overthinking the process of sitting down recording and then putting it out and then trying to update myself on things around me and then not being able to perform or deliver content at its best. And that was all before even I started even doing it. Like I didn't start it. I just overthink about all the things that would come with it. And I just didn't start it. But um, I mean, we're all at home now and we have nothing to do. I don't have anything to do. I'm not being productive with my time. So I wanted to start something. Um, I just wanted to do it because it would help me like if I had anything on my mind, I'd just kind of speak it and, you know, I've I've always had like the thought of wanting to talk to someone. Like, I don't think I've ever, that, that sounded really sad. No, <laughs> no I, I've always, I don't think I've ever had like a, a full-on conversation with someone in person for like an hour or two just talking about like just issues. Like it's always been just whatever like that's the way a podcast goes but sometimes there are more serious issues like today or this year really that need to be covered and I don't think I've ever talked in person with people like that I've messaged people about it for extended periods of time but I don't think I've ever actually sat down to speak about it with anyone in person so I just felt like putting it out in words if I could would help me like get something off my chest <clears throat> and just let me express myself in some way. So yeah, um, I called it Thought Bubble because it's a bubble of thoughts. Thank you for listening. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know why I called it Thought Bubble. I do this thing on my Snapchat streaks where I... Like, if I have anything to say, since I don't speak it out, um, I write it out on a black screen in white text, and I just put, like, thought bubble at the top. I don't think anyone reads those, but I do it anyway. I, and whenever I just have anything on my mind, I just kind of put it out in, like, whatever thought bubble form and just send it to, like, the ten people on my list. Um, so... I took that name and I made like a logo out of it. I think it looks pretty nice. You can see it on the SoundCloud banner and the icon. I think it looks cool. Um, yeah, so I, I've always been hesitant to start something like this, but you know, if I, I, I thought it's 
it's too it's too late to think about doing it later. I think if I just start doing it, I'll get the hang of it and things will just move. So um I hope you have the next 30 45 minutes, maybe an hour. If you want to hear me speak, you can. If not, you can click off. You probably already have. I'm just doing this because it's just something I felt like doing for a long time and what better time than now? There've also been other things I wanted to do in the past, like I wanted to do a clothing company, not company, but just a brand. But I overthought that too. I didn't get to the point where I had a solid idea of what I wanted to put out. I struggled on what calling it, like call what I should name the brand and then the designs I should put out and then I had like complications with just the fact that I couldn't put my own time into it but now it's gotten to the point where I can put my time into it but it's just too late I wanted to do that like almost three years ago now so you know I think it's just I I hope I can I hope I can do that one day if my interest peaks again but I've always had the idea to just do something, something public. I might not put, like, I might not announce that I'm doing this because not everyone really cares, but, um, yeah, I, I just wanted to do it for the sake of doing it. I'm also just now realizing the, the way that I might sound is really, like, like, I don't have a professional mic, I'm just using my phone, so this might not actually sound nice, and the fact that my voice doesn't sound very nice either, like, I don't have a, I wasn't gifted a masculine voice, it's like, I'm at that point where I didn't, I didn't finish puberty, but I just, like, I, <laughs> the, the, the loading bar got to, like, 90%, <laughs> and before I could finish, it just stopped. <laughs> the program like shut down or something and now I'm just stuck there like I can't open that application anymore like I think I'm just done like I don't think this voice is getting any deeper so I I don't think I sound very nice either uh, I'm very conscious of that but I mean what am I gonna do um yeah so that's that extended intro but it's the first episode so it's justified. There's a lot to talk about today. In general, this year has been crazy. Um, I don't like the way things are going. I don't think anyone does. Well, what what did this year? Oh, I had to do like a recap of just all the the like the craziest year. It was like December 31st, 2019, and everyone in their goddamn minds went, it's 2020. This is incredible. This year, it just sounds so mystical, so futuristic, so simplistic. It sounds like so... Like something something beautiful is about to be born from a new decade. You know, new... Like in this new... uh, millennium 
almost close to the new century. Like it just like it just fits. Like the name fits. Something we're all going to make something better of ourselves. And then like literally I think like just January like seventh or something, like everything just blew. Like everything just went down the drain and no one no one would have thought it would have gotten this bad after only like five months. Like it's just it's just approaching the end of May. Well, it is the end of May. In a couple of days, it's about to be the end of the, the beginning of June. That means we haven't even finished half the year yet. We're still like one fifth of the way there, one fifth and a bit. So to think, like, what would happen? What has happened, and then what will happen for like the next? six months, seven months. I, I don't even want to think about how much worse this year can get. What did, what did this year start off with? We had bushfires. We had Australia. A little bit before that, we had like the Amazon. But then Australia was was in flames. People were, people were dying. They were losing lives left and right. All the animals were suffering. People were trying to get on their feet again infrastructure was going down the forest was decimated firefighters were doing everything they could and then and then just out of the blue we had what we ha- we had uh we had Kobe Bryant and his daughter and those seven other people on the plane like the businessmen and their family, the coach, and their daughter as well, and those seven, eight, nine people on the helicopter, like that, where did that come from? Like, like the end, like the mid, the middle of February, just, it just came out of nowhere. Like, we were just starting to see some relief in, in Australia, and you know, people were getting a little more lighthearted, I, I I think. But then the whole world just erupted as that happened. And first it was just Kobe Bryant went missing and then Kobe Bryant died. And then we found out his daughter was on the thing too. And then, God, and then just the entire tragedy. That was terrible. And then some virus that no one would have known the name of like it, no one would have known what this was like especially the newer generations just came out of nowhere somewhere on the other side of china yeah you know it, it, it's over in china you know they they, they face that those kind of problems but somehow this thing traveled like across the planet. Like it, it took the plane over. Like this is Plague Inc. or something. And it came here. And then mayhem. And we're still feeling the effects of it. It's it's honestly kind of worn down now. Like I, I do want to talk about that a bit. But I, I mean, it's been two months. People have kind of gotten adjusted to it. People are people understand what's happening and you know they understand the severity of the issue hopefully and they're taking precautions or whatever the people are still going outside but i think it's more respectful 
people are staying inside, people are doing what they can. Um, frontline workers are still working their asses off, so huge, huge respect to them. But, you know, I think we've all kind of just gotten adjusted to staying at home. Like, the first month was really mixed emotions. Like, every week I'd change my opinion on whether I want to stay inside or not. I'd say, you know, staying inside, yeah, sure. You're, the end of April? We get to stay until the end of April? Yeah, that's it. I'd, I'm going to get so much done, right? Like, And then, like, the next week after, oh, it's been seven days, I, I don't want to stay inside. And it was so polarizing, just going back and forth between those two emotions. And I think most people have just kind of settled on, yeah, we just got to accept it, you know? We just got to sit sit back and we just got to understand that this happens. Um, yeah, people, people are struggling to feel safe. People are struggling to feel mentally positive as well. Um, people's spirits need to be lifted. We need to keep talking to each other, keep communicating and all of that. And I haven't been paying attention to the news about the thing, like the first week, sure. But after that, like, I just went, I don't want my anxiety to build. And I just, I didn't, I didn't want to care about any of that after. So I just didn't want to keep talking or sorry I didn't want to keep yeah I didn't want to keep talking about it to other people and I didn't want to see it anywhere I just kind of wanted to live my life as it was just accepting it and not having to confront it um so I wasn't looking at like case uh I wasn't looking at like the number of cases and then like the updates on where that spread who's getting it which celebrity has it you know, how many deaths there are, that kind of thing, just kind of, I didn't want to involve myself with that. Um, and so we're all staying home, and the board, like the school board, is pushing distance learning. And they've kind of said, like, yo, you guys have to keep getting educated, even though you're at home, and you don't care, and you're all graduating to university or college or another post-secondary. And at this point, you don't care about anything. Like, even though all of that is true, we still need to do our job. And we don't want to, like, we don't care. Like, I don't care, frankly. It was something the board should have thought a little bit more about. Like, I understand education is important and students, especially those with um, disabilities, any students who need, um, who are missing learning opportunities or um, need special attention, uh, it, it's very important to them that they still get continued education. And it's not just people who are graduating, it's people who are still going to school after. Like, it might be people still in high school, people in middle school, they still need education. I argue people in middle school and elementary really, really don't need that. And I don't think they're getting online education. Um, they might be in contact with the child's parents, but I, I assume they, they don't take it that seriously for them. 
but people i think just mainly in high school like the board should have really just considered look kids aren't going to do what they're told and especially when you lay the premise that whatever you do in distance learning will not affect your mark and that we're not giving you a midterm or a final mark because it's going to be heavily out of proportion if you are you know you're struggling with online learning or whatever people who have that kind of um those problems will not do like well they, they won't um they won't put out the 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 highest quality of like work or content or whatever if they're given an assignment so clearly it's the best choice to tell them look you know none of the work that you do will count towards um discrediting you but if you do better on these assignments we'll bump your markup right it's a good thing to think about it like that but when you lay that premise to students they instantly as soon as they know that they don't need to do any more work and they were satisfied with the mark that they got before they're not going to do the work you assigned them i think i've been pretty like i've been doing work assigned to me well i did work that was assigned to me until midterms came around and then after midterms i don't think i've done anything i've done stuff for math but like english our teacher hasn't posted anything so it doesn't matter and like cam was out the window and business is god what <laughs> our business teacher posted something and he was like yo do you want to learn a new unit and i assume the entire class went yeah to teach us the new unit it might be interesting I assume no one cared, but it was the most interesting thing out of the things that he laid out to us, which was like review concepts, which no one wanted to do. So he gave us like an assignment for investment, and I don't think a single, single person has worked diligently on that. Like, not even diligently, just even like looked at it. Like I don't think anyone got past like the username and password section like after that i don't think they open that tab ever again it it's a huge waste of people's time i think the teachers need to realize that anyways i did work until midterms and as soon as midterms rolled out i didn't care so the verdict on distance learning is it's useless it doesn't need to be pushed especially now considering it's june Kids don't normally normally learn anything now anyways, and psychologically kids are now less motivated than ever to pick up another pencil and pen and a notebook and start writing notes or looking at things. I have a friend who's in grade 11 who is being bombarded with work right now. Like they they're doing more work than they would have to do if they went to school regularly and God, it's it's crazy to think about the fact that I'm sitting here not doing anything and a majority of graduating students are kind of done with studies now, but there's still kids at grade 10 and 11 primarily who are actually prepping for the next year because it matters. And man, I'm like, I can't prep for uni because it's it's a specialized course. But god like people are still doing work like that I, I don't understand why the board needs to push like it's mandatory for distance learning to continue like the teachers aren't doing anything they just need to write off something for the board to say like look we we did something but you know 
the students, it's up to them whether they do it or not. Like, that's their, that's their final saying. Anyways, um, the verdict is that distance learning isn't learning at all. It's just, like, it, it worked for, like, three days. People were dedicated to do something for three days when they still went, you know, they were still thinking, oh, we were supposed to do something after March break. Are we going to continue doing that? Like, no, you're, if I knew that I didn't have to prep for things after March break because they just continued to extend, like, the stay home period or the lockdown period... If I knew I didn't have to prep for those things, then I clearly wouldn't have worked on anything. Like, even the things I'm being assigned now, like, it won't matter, right? Like, I'll pick up the things I need to do in a couple of months. But right now, like, I'm going to forget it if I do it by then. So, you know, it's, it doesn't need to be done. It was a huge mistake for, for them to, it was a huge mistake for, A, for them not to explain to us whether we continue, need to continue doing the assignments we were given before March break, and it was, B, a bad idea for them to continue forcing us, students in general, to do work online, when they clearly laid out the premise that it doesn't matter. I don't understand why they think students still care if a majority of students are going to pass without having to do anything now. It may not... that might not actually be the case. Some kids may have to actually continue working online to boost grades or whatever. It may work differently in other places. I'm just speaking from experience. Anyways, um, so that's that. Um, corona has been pretty pretty bad. Um, my mental health has has suffered. I've gone to the point where I wake up and I... I monotonously do the same things over and over again every day, roughly, with the exception of like a new thing happening once every two weeks, if I want to do it. But I now have gone to a state of mind where I don't want to do anything, but I also want to do something. It's weird not doing work, like for school. Like, it just ended up so abruptly. Now I'm kind of getting used to... Like, it's just summer. The fact that things just ended so abruptly, I don't have things to do at home. I have to go outside to get them, but I'm too paranoid to go outside, so I'm not going to retrieve those materials. So I'm stuck inside doing things on the internet, but the internet is... Even though it's expansive, I my brain is not... So I have to continuously feed my brain with the same things because that's all it's going to take in. I, doing new things is like, uh, stop, don't do that. But at the same time, it's like, oh, I'm doing the same thing over and over again. Like, come on, there's, there's got to be something new I can do. So it's a weird, like, 50-50 between being happy and sad. Um, I haven't felt good just in general, um, it's it's been okay. Things have been going... Things are working. Like, things just work. The world works. Things are working. People are going to work still. People are working on front lines. People are working on school. 
people are working from home, people are working on activities from home, they're spending time with their family and friends safely, I hope. Things are just happening. Like, it, the whole, like, it's, it's been two months. It's June tomorrow. I haven't seen anyone since mid-March. And I feel like it's just been one, like, one huge March break. Like, March break is like, what is it, nine days? Yeah, nine days, including weekends. Two weekends and five days. And those nine days seem like forever then, because you're so piled with work and you're so stressed, and that March break is like oh, nine days of just bliss. Like, I don't need to wake up at 6 a.m. again, or 7 a.m., or whenever. I don't have to wake up again just to, to work and go back to school and continue working. But those nine days have translated into two months. Like, it's just been two months of continuous just... Oh, my God. It's been it's been crazy. Um, I feel fine, I guess. I don't feel... Like, things things can be better, right? Like, I, I, I'm trapped inside with my own thoughts now, and I don't feel particularly great about that. Um... But I've been I've been keeping myself occupied. I only just started going on walks. I think like it was the beginning of May that I kind of went on a walk twice every week. I think I might go on one today. It's actually really nice outside. But I was kind of scared to do it at first, but like <laughs> I felt so rebellious the first day going out. Like, you're wearing the mask. Like, I, I I, don't understand why people aren't wearing the mask when they go out, even for a walk. Like, if you should have access to at least something you can tie around your mouth or your face, sorry. Um, an old piece of cloth, whatever. Even if you don't have a face mask, just take precautions, right? Like, it's it's serious. I see so many people outside when I walk now, and I'm exploring my neighborhood and the trails beside it and... I have like a railroad beside my house, so I'm kind of like walking along it and over this river. And it, it it's cool. Nature looks really nice, especially when you're staying inside for so long. Like you look at the leaves and you're like, am I looking at that? Like, is that there? Like there's such a contrast between the blue sky and the green leaves and then like the pavement. It, it, it's really surreal. The things inside look so mundane, but as soon as you look outside, like, not through the window, but actually look outside, it looks really cool. It's really pretty. Um, there's a new appreciation for nature now. Um, anyways, what was I what was I talking about? Um, yeah, so I, I just recently started going on walks, and now every time I go outside, all I see is people looking at me really strange because I'm the only one wearing a mask. Like, I can, I should not be the only one wearing a mask. Like, there's, out of, let's say 50 people, no, not even, do I see, yeah. Let's say, like, 50 to 60 people that I see on my walk out, whether they're sitting down in a park or they're walking along the trail or whatever. Out of 60 people, there were only, like, two people who wear a mask alongside me. They might think, like, yeah, I'm not touching anything, I'm not whatever, but, like, come on, like, 
the, the least you could do is wear a mask. Like, NHS workers and, like, just frontline workers have to wear masks when they're outside for, like, five, six hours a day. Like, you shouldn't have to back down to wear a mask for an hour. Like, just, like, oh, I might not look cool when I go, I don't care. Like, just wear the mask. It's safe. Like, just do it. Like, you have one job as a citizen. Your one, like, your two jobs are to stay inside and stay safe. <laughs> and staying safe comes with the idea of washing your hands, wearing a mask, social distancing. If you're not doing those, what, like, come, what? If you're not doing those, do it. Like, it's not hard. Just wear the mask. Like, come on. Anyways, I'm the only one wearing a mask outside, and when I walk around, people are just, they're giving me, like, the, they, like, they, they see me from, because the, the mask that, the disposable masks I wear are, like, a light, a light blue-ish. Like, they're, a like, a really pale blue. So they're almost white with like a blue strip at the top or whatever and you and it's kind of visible on your face when you're walking from a like you know 10 20 meters away so when you're walking from across so you're walking on the road or the sidewalk and 20 meters away you can see someone coming towards you and it <laughs> you're like yeah okay uh, normally i i keep my head down because it's awkward if I'm staring back at them. So I just walk with my head down. I walk with my head down normally. Anyways. Um, so I'm walking. And you can see the person like stare at you. Like for at least two seconds. And they're not doing the thing where they like. If you're walking on the same sidewalk. They like step to the right or the left. To keep like that two meter distance. They're just continuing, continuing to pass, walk past you. Just normally. But they're not. They're not looking away or anything. They're looking straight at you. <laughs> for, for those 10 seconds that you pass each other, they're just looking at you. And you know, you can feel it. Like, you can feel their, their eyes, like, staring down uh, at your neck, like, the back of your neck. Like, you can feel their their eyes on you. And it'll happen with the next person and the next person. And these big groups of people, too. Like, they, they might be in families, but I've seen people, like, from from different families and just groups of friends like 10 people as a group of friends like riding bikes together or sometimes walking without social distancing it's weird and i i hate i hate that people aren't whatever anyways so i've just started to to go out on walks and then um it's nice i think i'm walking around like seven and a half kilometers a day takes me like an hour and a half it's it's nice. I, I'm exploring new parts of my neighborhood that I haven't found before. And even though I've lived here for a really long time, I barely venture past, like, the no-frills beside me. So, yeah, it's fun. It's fun just going out. Um, right, so that's, that's that. There, there's, there's still so much going on. Like, and that's just Corona. And now when you thought Corona was just trying to kind of, you know, flatten the curve, settle itself out, things were going okay. And if things couldn't get worse after Corona, last week we had what sparked a huge uproar 
from America, black citizens, and the world. Um, we had the murder of innocent black man George Floyd by Officer Derek Chauvin, or Dick Chauvinistic, as I like to call him, and three, four other police officers who were bystanders. And fortunately, this event was filmed by um, by civilian bystanders. And I, I'm scared to talk about this issue. I'm scared of demonstrating incorrect information and misspeaking on it. I am still kind of wary about speaking up not for the fact that I'm ashamed to do it, definitely not, but I'm still kind of wary about misspeaking about what actually happened or um, speaking on the behalf of people who I don't represent. Uh, lots of things racing through my mind for the past week, like especially when I first heard it, like the, uh, crazy, like the entire, the entire world erupted in one day. So just last week, Floyd was pinned to the ground. The video the video showed Floyd pinned to the ground, officer kneeling on his neck, his entire body weight on his neck. Floyd screaming in his in his capacity screaming that he cannot breathe. He needs his mother to let him go, to let him stand up, to release him for at least out of the pain that he was suffering to, to free him. And this chauvinistic officer who felt so overly grateful for his position of authority for 10 minutes kept his knee on his neck until Floyd just went silent. And it took four to five days for Chauvin to get arrested, which in itself is... Unbelievable. It took five days, even though with video proof, it still took five days for them to arrest a man who was convicted of murder. It sparks a huge uproar of black misrepresentation, African-American abuse, and like systematic oppression, like repeated suppression. And and it took it took a long time for justice to be served on the officer's behalf. So four to five days after Chauvin was arrested for arrested and charged for third degree manslaughter and murder, and for, as of now, there's still a pending opinion on the other officers. But the fact that it took four to five days for them, with video proof, to show that Chauvin should be taken into custody. How mindless do you have to be to neglect the thousands of videos that have gone on the internet circling social media to prove that there was a murder at the hands of a police officer, a white police officer at that, and for justice to not be served immediately? So the story that originally went out by the Minnesota Police Department after Floyd's arrest arrest was 
he showed signs of resistance and he was taken into custody, quote unquote, peacefully. Like there was no, um, there was no murder mentioned, there was no violence mentioned, no pain, physical <clears throat> suffering, whatever. And that was a story that came out from the police department. But one lady who was a bystander filmed it and then put it on the internet and said, look, that dude, that, that's not what happened. Like, literally everything was the opposite of what police officers said. Like, he showed no resistance. And even though there was no coverage of anything about a, a physical put-down, that's all that happened. Here's the thing. It's hard to understand, from my perspective, what it feels like to be, to be a person of black skin color. I am a man of color, but I don't know how it feels like to feel, um, to feel that burden on my shoulders at every given moment. So now, following the incident, we have basically a lot of America now protesting, rioting, campaigning for the Black Lives Matter movement. And it's done bigger and larger than I've ever experienced it as a kid growing up. We've always had a Black History Month. We've always had the Black Lives Matter uh, hashtag circling. So even when we've had cases like these in the past, when we've had police brutality shown uh, explicitly towards people of color, like we've had Trayvon Martin, we've had Ahmaud Arbery, we've had Eric Garner, so on and so on, Breonna Taylor. When we have cases like those, I personally don't remember them being on this scale. I remember so much pain and grief, but I do not remember such a, a violent protest. Violent in, in the good sense, as in, like, not just physical, but like the the cohesive like just like the want for justice like i i i haven't i don't remember it being this big like this is the biggest it's been and you got to understand protests are now turning into riots and there's a lot of discussion on you know violence is not the answer and the other side being violence is the only way we can get the answer so Riots are now, like, they've they've become, like, rebellions. Like, th- these are... Rebellions are now these, these organized, constructed, cohesive, like, action. Like, a call to action. Like, an argument being put forward by so many people together. And in, in, a, in a civilization, you have to understand, rebellion will occur... Rebellion is is a it's a form of protest, but it occurs due to a an inaccurate or misinterpreted or wrong representation that is either physical or ideological. So for example, if if I if I am the governor of a city and there aren't enough houses if I continue to neglect the fact that the citizens of my city do not have houses, there will be a rebellion because it is an inaccurate representation physically of those people 
and ideologically because they do not have those houses. I'm not providing that for them. So the idea of there being sufficient housing isn't represented in their case. So there's going to be a rebellion that is formed in order to protest housing be served for that city. Rebellions are formed because there is a lack of justice and because it needs attention. In the past years, we've had cases like Arbery or Taylor or Martin that are protests for serious change, right? Like we've had people who are protesting, not because like the, the protests that we've had for cases like these and Floyd now especially, it's not just because people are uh, when you see it at such a scale, you have to understand it's not just because people are doing it to um, make a hissy fit. They've had enough, right? Like, people don't go out and march on the streets in such a cohesive, constructed manner as they are doing now for this kind of um, message. They don't do this like, you know, like every every month or something. Like this is something that is now coming up when the time needs it. People have had enough and they are now protesting, riding on the streets. There are rebellions being formed for a cause. If it's not for a cause, if it's for a celebration or something, that's called a parade, right? Like those are for fun. Those are cohesive, constructed actions in order to celebrate something. But here we're arguing for something. These are protests, not parades. We've it, like you've gotten 400 over 400 years of systematic abuse, lynching, racism, oppression that has put down the lives of black people, their rights, <clears throat> citizens of America. Rights are now a voice of the unheard, as MLK put it in his quote. It is human nature, after 400 years of continued oppression, to say, look, we've had enough. At one point, people are going to give in. It's human nature. This is how psychology works. If we cannot control emotions as we have for 400 years by peacefully protesting then you're going to see a destructive manner come from society. It's bound to happen. This is how the world works. There's nothing more dominant than a destructive manner. Nothing is more outlandish than destruction. That is the highest level of, of damage. That is the quickest way to get attention. Mental and physical destruction is the greatest way to achieve a authoritative dominance. That's why war occurs, right? You want to demonstrate your dominance, then I'm going to display destruction. There's nothing louder than than that. So it's human nature to evolve now to become so aggressive towards change that is not being made. It's important to understand that people have 
suffered this enough, and that is the reason they're rioting. Rioting doesn't occur simply for the sake of wanting to destroy things. That is, that is against code of conduct, law, right? But when it is done in such a mass form, you have to understand people are doing this for a reason. It's not simply to destroy stuff. It's to, it's to gain attention. It's to do something. Like I, I'm perusing Twitter daily. Um, I, I'm looking through like the news coverages and it, it's kind of where I get most of my news now. I don't actually go to news websites or anything. I just kind of see what's happening on the side and pick it up from there and just what people are talking about. And you can see daily, every single day, you can see riots that demonstrate even more police brutality, not towards black people, but just people of America in general, just people who are trying to peacefully protest who are not provoking the police officers are being you know, confronted physically, violently. The police are trying their best to to push people back to stop rioting, but they don't understand that this is not going to stop until something is, is genuinely done. People will want Chauvin murdered at minimum for for, like, you know, for there to be some sort of like immediate relief. It's not going to stop if that happens. Of course not. It's something much, much bigger. But if it took five days for Chauvin to get simply into custody and then like another day for them to sentence him for third degree murder and manslaughter, that's something bigger. Also, quick now, I just remembered the, <laughs> this is so stupid. The hospital who took Floyd in after he was arrested, they released a statement saying Floyd had underlying health conditions like some um, some respiratory problems, some artery problems, and it, can, it cannot be shown that Chauvin's kneeling on his neck for nine minutes did anything uh, that caused him pain. Do you know how my, like how stupid do you have to be to describe the situation like that you don't think that someone who stood on your neck for nine minutes contributed to your death you're saying oh no it's because in those nine minutes his heart acted up regardless his lungs and heart acted up regardless of whether Chauvin was on his neck or not it doesn't matter dude his underlying health conditions had a larger part to play than him standing on his neck for nine whole minutes how mindless do you have to be to say that publicly do you know how people are going to take that? Like, no one's going to believe that. That is unbelievable that they'd even put a statement out like that. Anyways, there are videos now going out, and you can see riots and protests that are happening. People are being attacked even without provoking police officers. People are protesting peacefully. People are um, being attacked simply for... Um, just being on their property. Like this morning I saw a video, people were recording the SWAT walking across their their sidewalk. And one of the and two of the police officers like turned and pointed the, the gun with the rubber bullets in at them. They were like, go inside, stay inside. Like, I'm on my property. What are you going to do? I'm filming you. I'm filming this on pro on private property. You can't force me to to do anything on my property. How, like, 
I'm not doing anything to you. I'm not provoking anybody. I'm simply recording what's happening outside my my door because it's such an outlandish movement. Anyways, these officers are now demonstrating the good and bad. I, I saw another video of officers who are being super, super polite. Like they're, they're officers, I assume captains, commissioners, who are just standing there listening to all the pleas and all the, the, the begs of these people who are you know, protesting. They're not being violent. These protesters are simply just talking about what they want to. But they're there. They're understanding. They have police officers, who, police officers who've put the batons down. They're, they've put all their weaponry down. They're simply just going around talking. They're trying to comfort people. They're just trying to understand the situation further. They understand that the police off the police force shouldn't be represented so negatively because of the actions of one person. That there are better people in the group. And they're doing their best, not by confronting the riot directly, but actually being part of the protest and safely allowing people to protest. And I think that's really, really nice. If, if you know, catching the, the the attention of protesters like that, that helps give them a sense of safety, security. That's the That's the kind of safety that civilians confide in, is the fact that we are allowed to do what is right and you will prevent what is wrong, right? You will also do the right thing, but most importantly, you are stopping injustice. And by being more unjust to people directly, by, by you know, physically, you know, abusing them with rubber bullets, tear gas, batons, whatever, even without them provoking you, that's not demonstrating what a police officer's authority represents in a, in a government, in a country, as a... Uh, way of um, law that that's not how it works so you see those officers who are helping but you also see the officers who aren't helping as i said people are being attacked on their private property people i saw people on twitter saying um police officers are telling me that things are about to get lively i don't understand what that means they wouldn't give me an answer but lively you know denoting that or implying that signaling that something you know far more like the situation is going to escalate is what they're they're implying with that people in la i saw another video people in la are simply just kneeling just um i I think it's fairfax or people are kneeling like um across the street they're blocking the intersection and they're just police officers swats coming in from all four directions just blowing tear gas just hitting people like downright it's unbelievable like they they don't stop themselves for escalating things like if they just let people peacefully protest it's you know things will change will occur when you actually act on it not by you know confronting the people who are trying to enact change like you're not stopping anyone what it shows is that is that america knowing that it has such a vast history of people suppressed oppressed lynched murdered killed abused systematically there has to be a government that identifies that the country does not agree with those 
views anymore, those ideologies, those actions. Centuries after those actions have been committed, the same actions are being used again in another form, indirectly. So if it was a direct lynching before, we're still seeing police brutality conveyed in the same manner. There are white supremacists who still think that this is okay. Oh God, there, there was another video. Jesus. I saw one yesterday. There was a white supremacist who pulled up into the middle of the, the protest. Uh, I forget where it was. He pulled out a hunting bow and went, I'm done with this, and loaded it and just started... Like, he was about to fire at this black man who was standing beside his car. And everyone, everyone in that vicinity just blew the car up in flames. Like, they, they tackled this dude. They gave him, like, a bloody nose, a bloody eye. His face is, like, messed now. Like, he he missed that hunting arrow shot. Like, thank God. But this dude, like, he walks out saying, I'm done with this shit. And just fires this thing like straight like towards another person beside him and the black man tackles him and all these people just run up on this guy and just like um burn his burn his car they said that the the police department allowed it i wasn't sure what they meant but like the the details were that the police officers didn't resist them putting the car up in flames people there needs to be a president with a bigger brain who needs to acknowledge how to run this country with such a vast history, with repeated murders, killings, brutality, and systematic abuse demonstrated just in the past couple of years, that there needs to be some change done to prevent that kind of oppression. I don't want to confide in that kind of safety. That's not what I'm here for. That's not what citizens of America, of the world, are here to confide their safety in. In a safety that demonstrates the power of authority incorrectly. That unjustly provokes the lives of hundreds of millions of people into turning on their governments, on their countries. They're so chauvinistic about their country, but they can't even, they can't forget their ego for two seconds to realize that, you know, in 10 minutes, for for the pain caused in 10 minutes on his neck, the country is torn apart in 10 days. The entire country has gone up in flames in 10 days. And it's only going to get worse. America will adopt black culture. There are white people who adopt the hip-hop culture in music. Who will experience black tradition, black food, black culture, etc. But will not adopt black people, black Americans, as a part of their country. They'll steal black culture and then make it their own. That's a lyric from Joyner Lucas's I'm Not Racist, that video that went viral like two years ago. I rewatched the music video for that, and all of those points still stand up today. So, I recommend you listen to that music video if you haven't, because you probably have, 
just pay attention to what the author of that song says, because almost all of those points stand up today, especially from the point of view of the black man. I saw someone who reacted to that music video, uh, someone who was on MAGA, on Trump's side, and they said, what really is black culture? What are we stealing from you? What is black culture? And it's people like that who run the country who don't understand calling people thugs when the looting starts, the shooting starts. When people don't acknowledge that the country was made by people of color, that the culture of black people exists on an underlying basis on this country, that there re- that there's a culture that you can't define because you've dominated it for so long. You think it's your culture, but you've you've manipulated black people into lending you their culture, stealing it from them that you don't understand that it's their culture. You've just run you know, you've run through it. You now you're running it. There's a reason that America will adopt black culture but not black people. And I'm also not quite sure for what reason it is because there are so many people with so many opinions that I do not identify with and it's better hearing it from them than me than me relaying their message but for whatever reason America wants to not adopt black Americans even if there are 99% of cops who do not do the wrong thing there is still 1% who do While I do believe that there are good police officers, like the ones you see in videos who are, you know, helping out with protests, who do understand the concerns of American citizens, black African Americans, who will help and aid with the protests and spreading a message because they understand the importance of it, even though there are good police officers, there are also bad police officers. It is in the government's duty, in a a country's duty, to express themselves so that all police officers are good. So, you've got to find a way. Like, the, the, a nation isn't a God-given entity. A, a nation is something that people believe in. A nation is something that people confide in. It is set on man-made rules built by men and women like mankind it's not something that was given to us we made it you got to believe in it you identify with a country you identify with a nation you identify as a part of a government and some sort of hierarchy if you express your patriotism to a nation through police brutality you're doing a huge disservice and injustice to the people who built the country and the people who identify with it. America can't just neglect the people who made this country. They have to understand that people come together like this to riot, to protest, because they've had enough. Violence is not the answer. Is a just argument when you talk about a a short span of time. There are better things to do with people's efforts it is human psychology to get angry no one's going to deny that no one's going to be able to stop a protest 
people are angry and that's how human emotion works, right? Like you can't stop anyone from protesting. But when you have a repeated abuse, it's bound to happen. Things like riots and protests happen. I don't want to confide in safety like this. I don't want the voices of the unheard to be suppressed. I do understand that this is human nature and riots and protests will continue. And I understand that a cohesive and constructed action that is being taken is for the good and not for the bad. That police need to step up their efforts not to stop people from protesting, but to agree with them. The police force cannot majorly inherently be bad. But because you portray some of your police officers in such a negative light on your behalf, you paint the entire police force in a negative light. And that's on you, not the American citizens. Floyd was murdered. End of story. There are still white supremacists who will argue that police lives matter. You know, people shouldn't have to involve themselves with this. The violence isn't the answer. You've got to understand that violence is the only way that these people get the answer. And and that's all I really that's all I really have the authority to say. I can't speak from people who are being oppressed, who have been oppressed because I'm not one of those people. It's better you hear from them how they feel. It's better the police hear out how they feel, how the the government should hear out how they feel. It's our duty to speak up about it and demand justice be served for the continued actions that have gone against moral and ethical principles for so long. It's This entire thing is an extremely heavy topic to talk about. I don't feel... I don't know. I it's it's really hard for me to to put my thoughts together. As you can probably hear, I have a lot of things that I've said to people. I've talked with a friend continuously back and forth about you know what I think, what they think. Our conversation lasted quite a while after the orig- the incident originally was publicly demonstrated. I've exhausted a lot of my emotions in speaking with them and trying to, you know, talk about it, um, talk about my initial emotions and then how I feel and, you know, just discussing back and forth. So it's kind of hard for me to relay all the information that I've spoken out again now because I've done it for so long and I feel like I've kind of burnt my brain out thinking about it that it's kind of hard for me to put into words the, the best way to express how I feel. I don't have a a negative intention, but I really hope that one doesn't come out that way if I'm speaking, because I hope that I'm not misinforming people. I hope I'm not misrepresenting people. I hope I'm not, uh, you know, misspeaking about things. And um, my opinions are that Black Lives Matter, like that period. Right, like I, I'm with, I'm with the majority, and I'm not 
with the white supremacists who are that minority in that regard. It's extremely heavy to talk about such a deep-rooted issue, and it's hard for me to speak about it in detail. It is the first episode of this podcast, so I've had to speak a lot about something very serious straight off the bat. I just wanted to open it up very lighthearted, but, you know, we live in a time where we can't really do that now. I hope to change things in the future, but, you know, things are going to change either for the worse or the better in the coming weeks, so we have to see how that plan pans out. I, I hope I've relayed my thoughts decently well over the past 30 minutes. Uh, the one thing I'm afraid of is just misspeaking. That's really it. So, um, yeah, uh, it's it's an, it's exhausting. I find it hard to speak about. So, yeah, I've got a. Um, so I'm thinking about continuing this this format. Um, if you, well, most people. Well, I'm hosting the podcast alone now currently if people people what, what people do normally is they either like send in questions or stories or whatever or you know they want people to talk about certain things so they pose like statements or whatever if you made it this far go ahead if you want to if you want to hear me speak about it um Frankly, I'm not that interesting. I'm doing this anyways, because I've always wanted to, as I said. But if you want to be on the podcast, you can also shoot me a message. It's it's a start to something, right? I hope to do these every Monday, because by then, you know, everything over the weekend kind of compiles and I can relay it the best on Monday, maybe. So I hope to continue doing this. It's been a wild intro episode, lots of things that need serious attention. I really encourage people to check out all the uh, support that people are putting online, whether it's websites detailing information on how you can help, whether it's stories from people who are in protests, who have been uh, part of protests, who are... um, displaying uh, what they have to say about the Black Lives Matter movement. Please go listen to those stories. Those are obviously very important to the situation. Um, If you want to donate, if you have disposable income, please check your sources. There are places and scams now who are taking money illegally and may use it for illegal purposes so please donate to public funds not private companies it's not a commitment to donate donating always comes with the motto if you can disposable income is not available to everybody so if it is in the comfort of your household and your family to donate whatever money you can it is the best way to show support because it directly goes to a cause and it is used appropriately along with your philanthropic efforts to 
display messages on social media, in person, to people who need to learn the message. Um, yeah, that's that. Uh, go do all that. All right, the I I guess that's it. Yeah, I think I think it's been a. I hope these get better. I hope I can talk uh, more consistently, more freely. Um, I do have speech issues, so I find it hard to get thoughts in and um, deliver them appropriately. I might edit edit out like long pauses in this podcast because I've taken quite a bit of them now to kind of recollect. So um, if you enjoyed, feel free to share it with people who think who you think might. If you stuck here all the way, thank you for your support. Hopefully there's another episode next week. And hopefully it's not just more serious issues and I can talk about more lighthearted stuff. Stuff that I'm doing, stuff that you're doing, stuff that we can be doing together. Um, I guess I'm signing off, man. It's been me, the host. This has been Thought Bubble, the podcast. And I'll catch you next week. Take care.